Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, July the 7th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness today. Thank you for being with me as we continue to break open God's word, as we continue to journey through this period, this season uh, of ordinary time where our God meets us in the routine, in the midst of our everyday life. Uh, it is good for you to be here. Thank you for, uh, for doing that. So uh, today we are going to continue through, as I mentioned, ordinary time. We are uh, going now to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11. We've been in Matthew's Gospel, oh, chapter 10 for quite a few weeks, at least three. And if you recall, Jesus was preparing the disciples, particularly the 12, to go out and what was important to know, and, and, and maybe even more importantly, how it was important to be, right, uh, as we preach the word in the cities and towns. Uh, and so that, by the time what we get here today, is already going to have happened. And Jesus, of course, as Jesus does so well, leads by example. After he finishes that instruction to the apostles, he goes out and he does it. Well, uh, in the midst of that uh, is what he's going to say to us today, that lesson, when he's out preaching uh, what the kingdom of God is about. Uh, and so this is in the midst of how he preaches to the people. Not just going to read the gospel today, we are also going to read the first reading. So if you want to follow along, uh, the first reading is the prophet Zechariah, uh, chapter 9, verses 9 to 10. So brief, some of you, uh, some of my friends from long ago in my time in Wyoming, you're going to recognize this right away, and you're going to hear it with a certain voice. That's all I'm going to say. And you're going to know exactly what I mean uh, when you hear it. <laughs> That's so good. So good. Zechariah 9, uh, verses 9 to 10. And then we're going to go to the gospel again, Matthew chapter 11. Uh, it is verses 25 to 30. Okay? Uh, I think this is going to be a brief one today. And I think that's important, actually, in what we're talking about. So as always, simply invite you to set aside whatever's going on in your life. Um, you know what? We'll, we'll pick that up in 20 minutes. Uh, it's still going to be there. Uh, let's open ourselves to what the Spirit of God has for us right now, right here, and, uh, and invite that Spirit of God to become alive within us in whatever way that Spirit needs. So let's uh, break open God's Word. A reading from the book of the prophet Zechariah. Thus says the Lord, Rejoice heartily, O daughter Zion. Shout for joy, O daughter Jerusalem. See, your king shall come to you. A just savior is he, meek and riding on an ass, on a colt, the foal of an ass. He shall banish the chariot from Ephraim, and the horse from Jerusalem. The warrior's bow shall be banished, and he shall proclaim peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And again, just sit with that word, however and wherever that word meets you. 
and allow that to happen. If you need to turn this off, do so. If you need to say, I've heard enough, and that's what you're going to say, fantastic, bless you. Well, let's break open the gospel. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. For although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I've mentioned this before, that the second reading is read sequentially. Last week, I read that to you, right? It was out of Romans chapter 6. Well, you know we're going to hear Romans again uh, this weekend when we come. It's actually going to be Romans chapter 8. Uh, and so uh, the second reading is done in a way that, uh, that has nothing to do with the gospel or the first reading. Not nothing. Of course, they all go together. But it's not chosen for, to go specifically with the gospel. The first reading is. We jump all over the place with the first reading. Um, generally, out of the, uh, the Hebrew scriptures, uh, what is commonly referred to as the Old Testament. But it's chosen uh, to directly point to the gospel. And the gospel, most often, is read sequentially as well. Generally, the only times we go outside of that sequential order are when we come to, to holy days, right? Um, or or uh, seasons that are, are in what we call privilege time. So if that is the case, then uh, oftentimes that's why I read the first reading in the gospel. And, and that's where we're, these two are in lockstep, right? If you're looking for a common thread through them, it's simple to find. And, and I'm going to start with the gospel here, and then I'm going to go back to the first reading. And, and ultimately, I just want to speak to this whole idea. But I love what Jesus says in this first paragraph, because it is, it is right to the point, but it is the hardest thing in the world, I think. I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. That's it. That's it. The truths of the kingdom of God are not in the mansions of power. They are not in the halls of the wealth. And they are not under the bright lights of celebrity. They aren't. We like to look at those things. We like to emulate or strive for them or think they have answers or they've got it made or they walk between the raindrops. But what our God is inviting us to is say, I'm not interested in, in, 
I don't want to say God is not interested in us being wise and learned. I, I, that, that would be awful because our, our whole faith tradition invites us to education, that whole value. I, I love that value. But I think we can't confuse that to say then we are wise and learned. We are little ones. That's what our God is saying. Little as compared to who? Little as compared to God. And the truth is, I would say God's inviting us to to that same idea, that same attitude with one another, right? This is the God. The one we worship is the one who took off his outer cloak and washed the feet of the disciples on the night before he died, right? And said, what I have done, you know, I invite you now to do. If I, who am Lord and Master, right, have done this to you, so you ought to do. That he took on the form of a slave. That's what Philippians says, right? Did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at, but took on the form of a slave. And that's what he did on the night before he died uh, around that table or in that upper room. Because that was the task of the servants. That was the task of the lower. And our God is saying, but we need to see ourselves, not in terms of uh, ruling power, wherever that may be. That, That may, you know, be in our friendships, it may be in our homes, it may be in our workplace. Our God is saying, don't don't look on it in, in a caste system. Don't look at that you are above others, that we are the small. We are the little ones, right? Isn't that what attracted us so beautifully to St. Therese, right? The little flower? The one who said she was not one of the great flowers of the field. That, that would attract attention or whose perfume, you know, was, uh, was worthy of notice. But just one of the little wildflowers that pleased God as God walked through the field. Brothers and sisters, what our lesson today is, is nothing more and nothing less than that of saying, it, it is not about me, that I cannot carry that weight. Okay? So let's go back. Again, we're going we're gonna to start with this wonderful reading from Zechariah. Um, Rejoice, O daughter Zion. Why? Shout for do- joy, daughter of Jerusalem. Why? Because your king shall come to you. How do kings come? Well, they often come on chariots. That's how they come. They often come armed. That's how they come. They often come on steeds, right? They often come with shows of power. And these shows of power intimidate and bully and impress and, uh, and, and bring fear. Rejoice, O daughter Zion, because that's not how your God is coming. Your God comes meek and riding on an ass, an everyday animal, on the colt, the foal of an ass. And this God, this everydayer, this one who looks common, this one who's not bringing fear or armor or bullying, this one is going to banish the chariot. 
from Israel is going to banish the horse from Jerusalem. All these shows of power, the warrior's bow. Now, this is the one who invites us there. Our God is a God of humility, okay? I, I was reading uh, scripture with someone today, and uh, I just happened to open up to uh, Psalm 51. I mean, on purpose, I guess. I didn't just open the Bible and it, and it came up. But that was just part of what we were talking about. And Psalm 51, of course, is called the Miserere. Uh, it's that marvelous psalm that just invites God's grace because we are in need of it. And it's, it's a person, whoever wrote the psalm, the psalmist is crying out for mercy, right? Uh, and so it says, have mercy on me, God. This is starting at verse 3. Have mercy on me, God, in accordance with your merciful love and in your abundant compassion. Blot out my transgressions, thoroughly wash away my guilt, and from my sin cleanse me, etc., etc. It goes on for a while, right? Well, later on in the psalm, approximately... Um, verse 18, the psalmist writes this, for you do not desire sacrifice or I would give it a burnt offering. You would not accept my sacrifice. O God is a contrite spirit, a contrite, humbled heart. O God, you will not scorn. Brothers and sisters, the humility I'm not talking about is not a humility that that looks at ourselves and scorns ourselves. It's not, and, and this is a very important point, it is not a humility that, that looks down on ourselves or, or denigrates ourselves and says, I am no good. In fact, that would be the exact opposite. You are the beloved one of God. You are God's delight. You are God's child, and so am I. There is nothing more important. And you who are parents out there, call that image to mind. If, you're, if your children are full-grown, like mine, think back to when they were um, very early-aged, you know, toddlers, um, wishing to, to follow in the footsteps of mom or dad, wherever we may be, right? Whether it's, we're doing household tasks or, or out in the yard doing whatever, and they wanted to imitate us. And we may have invited them to attempt to help, knowing their help will be of no use in the grand scheme of things but that their heart was beautiful. And just having them in our space brought joy. That's the humility I'm talking about. Brothers and sisters, our God does not need us in that sense. What can we offer God that God does not have or God could not have? But God delights in our attempts. God delights in a heart that is open to learning. Our God delights in having us near. You know, yes, brothers and sisters, humility does not say, okay, it's all God's work. None of it is mine. No, that 100-0 approach is not our faith either. Um, what I would say is, is we have to cooperate with grace. And that is the teaching of the church. We have to participate in the creation of the kingdom of God. But remember, it is God's kingdom, not ours. It is God's work. We cooperate with God's grace, not the other way around. And, and to use Richard Rohr, and I'm, I'm pulling that out of him. I, I, yeah, I wish I was this smart. You know, he, his point is, he used to say, oh, you know, I used to think when I was growing up that, that it was 50-50, that God didn't have to work and, and, and I do that, have to work. And then later on in life, I thought, oh, okay, okay, God does more, but, but it's 70-30, okay? 
And, uh, and, and, you know, later he's like, okay, it's still, it's still even more than that. Maybe it's 90, 10. And then he says, the older I get, the more I think, no, no, it's 99, one. The work is God's brothers and sisters, but God needs, desires, rejoices in our one. We need to say yes. And here's the best news. I'm going to go back to the, to the gospel here is what this humility does, brothers and sisters, it frees us. It frees us from ourselves and all those masks we feel we need to wear, all those, um, you know, uh, whatever pomp and circumstance we want to put on our shoulders, all those ways that we think, oh, we have to present ourselves in such and such a way to these people in order to be liked, heard, known, um, whatever it is. And our God says, no. None of that's important. None of that. In, in you and I, um, in a sense, bowing our head, in a sense, um, remembering that, no, we are little ones, that it is God's work, that we are absolutely in need of God, and that I cannot do this on my own. And God rejoices in that. A willing and contrite heart, Lord, you will not spurn. I can't do anything out, outwardly, you know, whether it's a burnt offering or me going and, uh, and working at every soup kitchen from now until the end of my life. That like that offering is going to impress God. Hey, listen, I hope we do work at it. But remember, we're not doing it. So God loves us. God loves us right now. And we participate in bringing justice and charitable uh, love to the world. But it's God's action through us. And we don't have to preen or, or pry or try to be anything other than who we are. Our gospel today is simple. And I'm going to end it here. I've already gone longer than I thought. Our gospel is simple. We bow our heads. We bow our heads. In, in You know, isn't that what we do in the Nicene Creed, right? Every time we do that, I love that action. When, uh, when we say for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and by the power of the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became a man. We bow our heads in, in humility out of the humility of God. Uh, to, to take on our very flesh, the, the creator of the universe would do that for us. Brothers and sisters, we don't have to be wise and learned. We don't have to pretend anymore. We simply are invited to be who we are, the beloved of God, loved, and to participate and cooperate with that however we can, but to know we don't have to put on airs. It's God's goodness. We don't have to be wise and learned. We're a little one, and we rejoice in that. Because those other ones that come and preen and come in on a chariot or steer or, or in those halls of power, they don't have it. And they never will have it because they're trying to do it on their own. All we have to do is remind ourselves the one who will do it walks with us. Let's pray. And uh, we continue through the joyful mysteries. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The fourth joyful mystery, the presentation in the temple.
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. May your week be filled with every good joy. Be well. Be well.